Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, Vinny Duber, back from Scottsdale, Arizona. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Posted a ton uh, when he was out in Arizona at the GM meeting, so make sure you check out allchgo.com and even stuff that wasn't even GM meetings related, like Jason Benetti going to Detroit. The news don't stop, Sean. No, it doesn't. And so, you know, it's funny. We were talking. We're going to be talking today about Marcus Timms, the, the new hitting coach. That was announced to the same day, I believe, within an hour of us talking to Chris Getz on Tuesday. Like everything happened all at once. Luis Robert Jr. won a Silver Slugger yes, while I was sitting in the middle of a delay flight delay yesterday and uh, coming out of Phoenix. So uh, it all happened all this week. It was a very busy week for the White Sox, really, which is. What you want, if you've been sitting around during uh, the playoffs, just twiddling your thumbs, waiting for some White Sox stuff to happen, here's the first full week since the World Series ended, and it's just all all happening all at once. I still feel a little weird, though, because it's manager news and it's broadcaster news, and then a ton of people got sick. Like... Not me. Free agency. And it's apparently not Ryan Herrera, too. So thank God our guys have ironed stomachs. Don't eat that resort food, people. Um, I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> but uh, don't. It seems like... Um, where was I going with this, Vinny? I don't know. Okay. All right, you well. were upset that it wasn't player... Them acquiring oh, yeah, right, right. Players. I mean, free right. agency opened. Like, that's... Yeah. That, I feel like that should be but the... Nobody's been... And, no team has signed anybody yet. Should we figure that out? What? I don't know. I mean, I feel like with the NBA, like, that's not a thing. Right. And it's and maybe that's because it's a salary cap and, you know, there's no really negotiating of contracts. You're either getting a max contract or you're not. And if you are a max contract player, maybe it's easier to just be like, oh, well, I love the city. Boom. Let's get it done. Like it does just seem so again, baseball so laborious. Well, see, I, I think you could make a case, though, that that that. I think the argument you're making is, boy, it sure is fun when we when we get NBA and and uh, uh, NFL free agency and it all happens in a day. Right. And sure, that's a fun day, a very fun day. But I think you could make the reverse argument that, hey, baseball, you get a lot of fun days or a lot of maddening days, depending on <laughs> what happens. But um, I, I kind of like the idea that it could happen at any time, certainly from the standpoint of somebody who has to 
keep coming up with ideas of things to write about and talk about uh, throughout a four-month off-season, it's nice that it takes a little <laughs> bit of time and we can still talk about possibilities of things that haven't happened yet, uh, even when we get to January. You appreciate the trickle, you know? Yeah. Just a, a little bit of uh, bits here and there. Uh, and the two, I mean, the thing, it seems like the biggest elephant in the room besides the AL Central um, is... Shohei Otani, who might or might not be having uh, dinner at Nobu in Chicago, you know? Well, I'll tell you, you those rumors? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Well, he should have picked a more fun place to go. Well, apparently, because, like, Nobu's got the hotel. I was just um, about to say, that's a really nice, like, hotel luxury she, she, dinner uh, come on. restaurant. And apparently, like, this, the Secret Service, there was uh, three black Escalades. I could just be completely buying into somebody just what making is, this, this has I mean, a lot of... of this is probably what Cody said. <laughs> no, it wasn't Cody related. This is why I believe it. <laughs> but no, come on! You you can't take the you can't take the guy out for for a pizza for a hot dog. You have to go eat some fancy fancy business. Oh, you're you're about to be very rich, so I guess you should be getting used to eating at all the rich people restaurants. Yeah, let's go to let's go to rat infested Pequods or uh, you yeah, know, rat infested uh, cow fisheries. Um, uh, shout out to our guy Herb too, who's in the chat. Herb's uh, watching. I didn't really address that off the top, and that's my bad. Uh, usually, I say the full CHG White Sox crew didn't today because Herb's sick. Uh, well, not sick. He had a procedure done, so uh, it seems like it went well. Because he's saying hello. He's tweeting all about it. If you want to, if you want to oh, go read up, so perfect. Yeah, get, uh, if you if you need to get caught up, I'll sit down with dinner and enjoy Herb's <laughs> colonoscopy tales. Um, <laughs> shout out to Herb, though. Glad it went well. Uh, and uh, again, it's it is important. I, I know what he was saying on Twitter. It is important, especially for uh, African American men, uh, to to have that test done a little bit earlier. So uh, you know, if if Herb can be a a guiding light for you to get a guiding light put up, you more power to you <laughs> wow that got graphic in a hurry but uh, it's herb lawrence colonoscopy awareness week which is not there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that um we're going to be uh giving you some marcus tim's uh, awareness as well not only did he homer in his first pitch uh that he ever saw in major league baseball off randy johnson he also homered in his first at bat with the rangers off who what was the team they were playing uh oh tampa bay rays Tampa Bay Rays in what, like 2004, three or four ish, probably? July 17th, 2003. I'll say it was Scott Casbear. Mm, you don't know. Joe Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Randy Johnson to Joe Kennedy. You know, that one. If, if you ask. RIP, right? Oh. Joe Kennedy? Oh. I think. Man, this did get dark. Yeah. Is he dead? I think or, so. Mm, boy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. 28. But yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed Joe Kennedy. No, I would have gone through. I would have gone through Casimir Shields. uh, (laughs) You know, Matt Garza. uh, I would have got maybe. Oh boy, who are some other ones? Yeah, you really. Once it gets uh, David Price. Well, he wasn't around in two thousand three. I don't think any of the guys I mentioned were either. But. I don't know. We shouldn't have to get it. We're not going to get into the Rays rotation. We're not going to play Rays pitchers from 2003. Even even though Connor Smith is here, we're not going to (laughs) play Rays rotation in 2003. Uh, The 63 and 99 uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who are are now managed by, or I guess Lou Pinella is not Buck Showalter. Okay, I'm going to stop. Did you see uh, Miguel Cairo, though? New bench coach for the Washington Nationals. Going to be under Davey Martinez along with uh, Ricky Bones. Wow. Ricky Bones is on that staff. How about that? There's a human named Ricky Bones. <laughs> uh, Victor Zambrano, Jeremy Gonzalez, Joe Kennedy, Jorge See, Sosa. These are and all Rob people Bell. that I should have known. No. Jeremy Gonzalez, come on. Brandon Beck, he was in the bullpen. Oh, see. Chad Gaudin also made some appearances. Oh. Um, and Jim Parquet, too. Wow. Ooh, look at this. White Sox connections right um, there. All right, so let's get into Marcus Timms. Uh, you guys had a 
interesting Zoom with Marcus Timms. Uh, not yesterday. Was the it The fallout was far more interesting. It was Wednesday, uh, and the, the Zoom was, I thought, pretty regular, pretty run-of-the-mill. Welcome, welcome in the new hitting coach. But the fans, my goodness. Yeah. You tweet a quote. Of, here's the thing. Never, ever tweet a quote about that uses the word bunt in it. <laughs> right. And never tweet a quote from a, a Zoom that was just uneventful. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. I thought some of the answers was I thought some of the answers that that Marcus gave were good, and and I think pointed to, you know, some things that could be taken away in trying to understand the role of a hitting coach, right? I think so many folks look at look at a hitting coach and say that guy is tied to those offensive numbers and if the team's not walking it must be because he doesn't care about walking or if the team's not hitting home runs it must be because he doesn't care about home runs I don't think that's the case I think uh you know when it comes to hitters you're kind of playing the hand that you're dealt when you're a hitting coach but if you can coach if you can establish that relationship with the guys where you can say hey make this tweak do this little thing it might it might help you out we're not necessarily talking about a dramatic change. I think he even used that phrase. We're not maybe expecting a dramatic change in in the way that these guys hit, but the little things can go a long way. The thing is you got to get to the point where you're able to get the little things across. And two, like when I tweeted out the Sam Blum article where Marcus Timms was talking about his approach for the Angels, we're going to play a clip later that obviously will pull away from that a bit where he's not going to be bringing the Angels strategy to the White Sox because he discussed every player is different. Um, but also, too, when I tweeted those, a lot of those numbers were just Shohei Otani being better. Shohei Otani walked 20 more times, struck out 20 times more or less, hit like 20 more homers than he did last year. That's just going to help any team that Marcus Timms is coaching if you have Shohei Otani. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, it, it's interesting in how we'll hopefully be able to tie it into maybe how he'll be able to help Luis Robert Jr. push past even a silver slugging uh, award-winning uh, season. Um, but let's go to Marcus Timms. Uh, he was asked by the man next to me, Vinny Duber, um, about, uh, I was, I had the lead in my head, uh, issues with plate discipline and how he's going to, uh, try to adjust that with the Sox. And then there's going to be a follow-up question from Lamont Pope. First, I'm going to get to try to know some of the guys and get some of the information from, from, um, last season. And then I will, um, start, start attacking that now. Um, you know, I know people always asking what's hitting philosophies in this. And, and I always, I've been around the game long enough now. It's just that term he used loosely. And, and for me, the number one thing when it comes to hitting, you got to be able to swing at strikes. And educating guys on what they do well, letting them know their strengths and, and really conquering that. And um, that's how we're going to get to it. And um, it's going to be an individual thing. But then overall, we're going to have team at bats. And I think that can, can, can cover it. Hello, Marcus. Just uh, overall, just what, did you, what attracted you to the uh, position and the opportunity? Just a vision, just a vision that that um, Chris and Josh and and Pedro, um, what they what they have to try to do moving forward. Um, I love the vision they're trying to do, and um, they're trying to reshape the team. Um, I heard Getsy's um, interview yesterday; like he's trying to make some moves to make the team a little bit more athletic, and um, get some guys to put the ball in play a little bit more. And I like that vision. And um, I think the game has come to a point where you know situational hitting and stuff like that has been kind of a lost art until. Until the postseason, then you start seeing teams trying to bunt and hit and run and stuff like that during the postseason. We're going to start hitting that in spring training, and uh, we're going to change our identity a little bit. And I like that vision of what they're trying to get done. Again, it's going to be very entertaining to watch Connor McKnight call every White Sox walk up to the plate and bunt 
next year because <laughs> that's that's what Marcus Tim just said, right? Even name dropping Connor McKnight, which was so weird. <laughs> it's listen. It's uh, again. It's ever that word for some reason. Every single thing that happens in baseball, baseball has so much stuff going on in it, and there is nothing that gets people going more than than bunting. But right. I will say this: uh, not too dissimilar, right there, from what we heard from Pedro Grafal all last spring. Right? It was hey. I'm not going to necessarily be calling for this every single game, but I want all these hitters to be able to do that. Um, it makes sense that the hitting coach wants all of his hitters to be able to do all of the things that might they, that might be required of them as hitters. Um, so it's less of a strategy attack in 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 my reading of that, and more of ability what can you what can you do for me what what sort of options do we have as a coaching staff available to us whenever player x goes up to the plate in any situation in any and every situation um but again you you heard the question that he was reacting to there and you heard exactly what he was talking about in that identity that we've been talking about the chris gets vision a word we keep hearing for this team, which is he wants them to be able to do all those little things a little bit more. He doesn't want it to be so reliant on just one or two aspects of the game, even if those are the aspects of the game that are so prominent right now and yield a lot of success, as we've seen. But um, I think Chris Ketz is trying to put together a team that doesn't make the fundamental mistakes that this White Sox team has made over and over and over again for, in particular, the last two seasons. Um, and I think what goes hand in hand with that is adding fundamental things that all or many players on a roster can can do and provide different ways that uh, the, this White Sox team can beat another team on any given night. And when we're talking about the Jason Benetti story yesterday, a lot of you know people bring up is you know what's redeeming about the White Sox anymore. The answer is nothing, at least to most fa fans. Like it's tough to have any redeeming qualities. They saw the biggest percentage dip in attendance. They just lost the broadcaster, so if they're not at the games, they really aren't getting their favorite broadcaster calling the games anymore. Um, and I think it is a good, at least. A narrative where these new coaches and former players are spouting that Chris Getz just wants to win because that's the only thing that a baseball team needs to do is win. The broadcasters will hopefully be fine and will blend in and hopefully they get the moment that they need to call and then maybe they won't blend in when, you know, Bobby Jenks is, you know, whatever, a ball's bouncing over his head and there, you know, there's a final out, right? You know, I mean, how many people know John Rooney? Is, is the voice of the final out, right? Well, um, uh, probably a lot of people who listened to it on well, the radio at the time. That's yeah, true, <laughs> right. I, I know, but like, it, it's very specific to Chicago White Sox fans, but in the general sense, like, people know the 2005 White Sox won the World Series. People don't know, like, the voice that they're hearing if it's not the ESPN call is like John Rooney, right? Like, cool. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, what the White Sox need to do is set an example where they are finally winning baseball games. And I think what Chris Getz is trying to do is saying, hey, there is a route here where we can take advantage of the rules that have just put in place if uh stolen base percentage is up five percent you get i think uh team stole 1.4 bases on average compared to one game one stolen base a game uh from 2022 to 2023 right so you're able to steal more bases in a game and take more bases and try to put yourself in a position and also too now with pitchers not bunting it's kind of people aren't defending it as well so the success rate of people bunting is up about 4% 
uh, than it's ever been since 2015. So I think the highest rate before was around 63% for someone trying to get a bunt hit, and that's the success rate. It's now 67. Well, and the people that are doing it are doing it because they're confident that they can do it successfully. A pitcher did it because a pitcher's not getting a hit. And so might as well bunt and get something out of it. For the most part, granted, there are hitters every year in Major League Baseball who are not good, but for the most part, when a guy's trying to get a a bunt down, particularly for a base hit, he's good at it. He's done it before. It's not like you're just sending some guy up there who grabs a bat once every or once every five days and does it because the rules say he has to. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bauman put up all, you know, all these stats together. Uh, average in 2022 on bunts, 523. Success rate, 66.8%. 2022, 509. Success rate, 67%. So if the White Sox are trying to become quicker and more athletic, it is a big departure from ball go far, team go far. But it does seem, and I know Rick Hahn wasn't that simple in his thinking, or at least you'd hope not, that he was like, oh, I'm just going to get all the guys that hit home runs and it's going to happen and we're going to win. Um, but it does seem at least Chris Getz is hopefully trying to take this all the way down to the studs, put some empire flooring in, and then you know go from there and try to build that structure for a successful organization. It, we're like six months away from baseball actually happening, so I don't know if it's going to be a successful route, but it's a lot better than just kind of ramming your head into the wall with the same players over and over again. And I know we're going to talk about some of those like Moncada, Aloy and Vaughn later on um, and how Tim's can hopefully help them. But it does seem like maybe there's a little bit more of a direction that's away from, you know, the 2021 team that won 93 games. Cause that team's just very far away from what this team currently sits at in 2024. Yeah. And I mean, we'll see. I think, you know, when you talk about this vision and you talk about, running the same guys back over there again, that stuff's going to overlap in 2024, right? I mean, you're you're talking about a team that has so much to do that you're probably looking at this being a multi-year process, even if multi is only two, right? It's still going to be a multi-year process probably to get it to where Chris Getz wants it to be. And then at the same time, they're stuck with some of these guys. You know what I mean? Moncada's not going anywhere. Vaughn's not going anywhere. Maybe Aloy ends up getting them something in a trade. But again, you'd be probably selling pretty low on him too if you were if you were considering dealing him. So a lot of these guys are going to still be there. You are going to still see Andrew Benintendi for another four years. You are going to still see, obviously, Robert is a is coming off a very successful year. But hey, he's back too. Um, it It is not necessarily going to be wiping everything clean and waiting five years like you like the the last rebuilding project just did uh so it's going to be a little bit of an overlap maybe they'll find some ways to integrate some of those players into this vision um but at the end of the day you're probably looking at something that if you want to talk about a team playing a completely different way if you're talking about um chris gets maybe going out there and trying to in to some degree tear it all down to build it back up quickly um it's it's going to take a little bit well and two what we're judging him on now at least what he's saying at the gm meetings it does feel like there's a time frame in which this has to work i know that they're not really setting this time frame and you know they're trying to get people for the short term and also the long term but i'm going to base his success on how well he's able to maximize luis roberts contract Right. I mean, if they're reaching the point three years from now where, you know, they're not really setting up and they're not competing for an AL Central championship and they're like, oh, well, we're going to lose control of Luis Robert Jr. Let's trade him away. Like, I feel like that's a failure. Again, he's he said 
this is a player that you need to build around. You have this guy in a very cheap contract for the next four years. Lay the groundwork now. And is it five? Four, five, six, seven, eight. Right? 2028 is when they've got him through. Club control, five years, I think. Let me let me make sure. I'm, I'm very happy by that news. Uh, uh, yeah, 2027. 2027. Yeah, so that's four. the last. Okay. So they have a, uh, 2024. He's in going to make what? Uh, 12.5. 2025, 15, and then they got a club option in 2026. Uh, club option in 2027. There you go. Free agent in 2028. Okay, four years. Um, so. Again, like if you are trying to build that culture, I feel like that culture should be in place within four years to at least be competitive in the AL Central. That's a I, long time. That's a long time. I mean, I, I mean, I th- it's a, again, it's a good rope. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't even think knowing the White Sox, he's going to get fired if the, you know he fails in those four years. A, a big, a big thing that I think uh, you know is a part of the discussion that we're having about this offseason. People keep people who aren't in the White Sox employ. Uh, keep wanting to say rebuild people who are in the White Sox employ don't want to say rebuild. Um, but a rebuild can look a number of different ways. White Sox fans are basing their, their definition of that word off of what Rick Hahn just did, right. Or tried to do. Um, and that was a very lengthy process. You know what I mean? Started uh, at the end of 2016, which is now seven years ago. Um, it, it doesn't always have to be that. And when Jerry says, I, I, I promoted Chris without talking to anybody from the outside because he's the guy who can get it done qui- as quick as quickly as possible, there's no number attached to as quickly as possible. I'm sure Jerry would like them to be good next year. Right. But Jerry is, has also been a lo- around long enough that if Chris goes to him and says, this is going to be probably a two, three-year thing, that's one year quicker then anybody from the outside in in Jerry's mind would have would have been able to get get it done right so i think that i think that looking for a specific number of years is only natural for for us uh you know talking about this team as as in as in depth as we do uh but it's something where it might be a little bit more amorphous than that and it could be uh you know, this thing is ready to, it, it's just kind of ready when it's ready, uh, which again, that's hard. That's hard to, hard to look at. I know, but that, that kind of could be what it's more like. It's also just odd when you're like, oh, it's the elephant in the rooms, our division. And you also have the best player in the division. So, I mean, you also might have the best pitcher in the division. But so what is the best, but what is, to... but what is the best team in the division doing? They're scaling things back. They're throttling back. Right. Now, well, right? it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean so I'm just saying, like, I, I, but it's is there about, some sort of looming dynasty on the horizon in this division? Like, you could, but then why can't it work in three years or four years? I guess that's why could. I'm trying to, it, it can't. No, absolutely. Yeah. But that's why I'm, I'm trying to set that frame is because, like, it does seem like an achievable thing when you have absolutely. 88. Right. Um, and I think that's why they keep bringing it up. <laughs> I hope they're right. <laughs> I don't want to be. This, this is a really dark place that we're in with the White Sox. So, I mean, I hope someone's right in this organization at some point. Um, it'd be fun to talk about the playoffs. Um, let's take a break, though. Uh, if you are watching, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Uh, happy Friday, y'all. Uh, shout out to AJ, Dan, Jim, uh, our guy, Jim, uh, who was, you know, hanging out with us. Um, Moments ago. And now I guess he's on a train. Um want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. There was a very successful event yesterday with Circa over at Joe's on Wheat Street. Brian Erlocker was on the pregame show, and then our guy Cody got a picture with him, and Brian Erlocker looked like he didn't want to be taking a picture with Cody. Um, shout out to Cody, though. Uh, our friends over at Circa not only throw great events, but their sportsbook is now launched in Illinois, and you should download the app 
today. They have tight money line splits and a low hold model when games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the circuit menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split, which means if you are using one of the other sports books in Illinois and you're betting, I don't know, minus five on Michigan and it's minus 115 on that sports book and it's minus 110 on Circa, it's the same line. It's minus five for Michigan. Why would you bet with the other sports book? You're just giving them more money. Circa is going to pay you out more if it is 110, uh, minus 110 versus minus 115. And the best part, too, about Circa is uh, they encourage bettors to download apps and explore all betting apps available. So you make sure that you're getting the best line possible. They are the world's largest sports book, and they are very confident that they have the best odds for you. And they don't limit players based on their winning. So if you are winning, you aren't going to be limited uh, by your bet size or anything. Circa is welcoming you uh, the sports bet. Sports better. Uh, and there's real people behind Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat box. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusportscom slash Illinois app. That's circusportscom slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for more Circa events, watch parties and tailgates to come. If you are somebody new, you know, may have a problem with gambling, uh, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB833, Two three eight four or two three four or visit areyoureallywinning.com. They're just numbers. It shouldn't be that hard to read them. Um, I also want to let you know about our friends over at Empire today. today. Nice, thank you. Uh, I, I always screw up the phone number, so I'm not going to do it. Herb did it last time. Five eight eight two three hundred Empire today. Uh, with Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right products for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats. But those copycats can't beat Empire on Empire's quality, service, and speed. So those copycats advertise low quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Their uh, curated product selection is there to help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with the thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is just as important as what they put in. And you could see all of their collection with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Wow. Right? The 21st century. Very cool. Uh, it's just like having a smart house. All these, you see all those movies in the uh, on Disney Channel in the early 2000s? The Disney yes, Channel. Wow. Hell yeah. We're just getting, we're just getting <laughs> out of, out of nowhere sound drops. It, it, it adds. I mean, we got to get the Empire jingle. We do. We, we, do. we just rip that off a commercial. Uh, schedule a free home. Uh, estimate today all listeners can receive $350 off uh, when they use promo code CHGO restrictions apply see empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details uh, we got a super chat from our guy Connor Smith uh, Sosa hit 609 homers 14 versus Sox Tame, uh, Tim's hit I'm going to do Tames for a very long time it's Tim's it's it's Tim's uh, I'm going to call it him Tames I'm going to call uh, Brian Floyd I'm going to call uh Josh Jesse, it's going to be a very mm. uh, messy year mm. for me. Uh, Connor saying though, uh, Sosa 609 homers, 14 versus Sox. Tim's 115 homers, 14 versus Sox. So I think Marcus Tim's probably should have just had a little bit more rope. I also think with all of these guys that they're hiring that are former players, there's definitely the option of a player coach. I mean, Grady Sizemore hasn't retired. Marcus Tim's is very built. Is he not? He, he, from what I know, at least early 2023, is not retired. You have to, like, file official paperwork with the I mean, union, right? That's because we just saw that with uh, 
You just saw that with Adam Wainwright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, official paperwork. And he Grady is, Sizemore hasn't. I don't, How old is he? I don't think 41. 41. I think he should give it up. Yeah, I mean, he has. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe Chris gets his plan is, you know, save a little bit on. I mean, do you have, if, if he's active on the roster and getting a coaching salary, does he have to get paid the player minimum? Like, is this a way to save 200 grand? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Right, I don't well. know what the rules say about that. <laughs> we should look into it. Because you don't have to be in the union to play. We know that. You don't? No. Remember the creative players or the players in uh, MVP 2005? Oh, The guys okay. who weren't in the union right. were were fake. I thought, okay, I didn't know they weren't in the union. So, yeah. like, Barry wasn't in the union and that was, he wasn't in the game? I don't know about Barry Bonds. He might have had his own thing going on there. But some of the other oh, okay. ones, because they played in the, there was, was it Kevin Millar who played in the strike year? Was he yeah. a scab player? Oh, really? Or something like that? I don't know. Huh. Yeah, he he, he scabbed. Um, <laughs> he scabbed. He scabbed. He was, he was scabby. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in MVP Baseball 2005, he was replaced by Anthony uh, uh, Anthony Freeze. Uh, yeah, right. Anthony Freeze. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's Damian Miller great. was Roger Chamberlain. Uh, and then John Dowd was. Barry Bounds was John Dowd. Barry yes. Bounds. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Um, and, Sarah, watch out for the Rhine River because Vinny's going to check you and say that's in Germany. I mean, it's certainly that's in it's in France, though. I mean, it's it's in Germany. I don't know if it goes into France, also. Well, the river, it's, it's a pretty like big river. Sarah knows. Well, it's like over four hundred miles or something. I'm sure it is. Yeah, so yeah. it probably does then go okay. into Germany. But yeah. I feel like tourists, or I guess the tour. I don't know. I don't know. You guys were talking about like maps earlier, and I was like half listening. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I like geography, so. I mean, our guy Jim Cook thinks uh, Dallas is the Midwest. It's, it's an interesting opinion. Yikes. <laughs> he, it's interesting because Jim only thinks that there's north and south. He's never heard of the directions of east Wait, and west. That's what you guys were talking about? Other, other, thinks- way around, other way around. He only thinks there's east and west. He doesn't recognize the north and south as being different regions. But what he was explaining is he thinks of it as time zones, and those are vertical. No, lines. he said there's only three. But he said there's only three regions in the United States of America. And they're, but they're, East, I feel like they're divided by Midwest and lines, West, though. No. In his mind, yeah. yeah. Oh. Texas is not part of the Midwest no, either. That is true. Not, not even it's slightly. It's not close. <laughs> if, if you're looking at the United States of America, it is literally on the bottom. Yeah. It is. It is that and Florida are the most southern states. Yeah. You ever been yeah. to the Florabama? Like, that's southern. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to Florabama. It's on the border of Alabama and Florida. You're traveling, man. No, oh, no. Okay. You no? Okay. I don't floors. think that's my scene. Got to be honest. No, it doesn't sound like it. No. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting just with the Tim's answers. Even I know it's a, a, it was an awkward back and forth, but when Daryl asks him about his career and he says, well, that's for my family, it does seem like these guys have a very certain mindset that they are bringing to try to make all of these players, the most professional baseball players that they can be, right? They, they've lived the life. They can set the example. And that's what Chris Getz is trying to do for, with every single person in the organization from the major league uh, coach in Grady Sizemore to the hitting coach in Thames to Matt Wise and Katz who have minor league and major league experience. Patrick Raffol is a former minor leaguer. Like all of these guys have experience. And it does seem like, again, they just want to set that example for them. And, and I mean, he's even brought up Grady Sizemore having four seasons of 
700 plate appearances, like setting that example to show up and work every single day. And here's the thing, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably some folks out there who are, who are, would roll their eyes and be like, Oh, why aren't they just trying to, you know, be a home run hitting team that hits a bunch of home runs and through and strikes out a bunch of guys on the pitching side. And they could still be that, but I guess the point being that Chris Getz said that the their an identity for this team had been has been missing. He says this team and this organization the last couple of years has not had an identity, right, or lacked it in in a dramatic way. He's trying to bring something in that he thought wasn't there at all, and. This is a long-term proposition for the guy. You know what I mean? I don't think you start your your tenure as a GM and say, oh, I'll probably only be here about four or five years and then <laughs> move on to something else. The idea is this is going to be your job forever. And I think you're if you're trying to set up the long-term health of an organization, if you're trying to establish an identity with where where there is not one already established, and because of that long-term, you're not pinning it to specific players, right? You just want it to apply to... Right. Every single player that walks through the door, wouldn't those be the uh, wouldn't those be the 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 principles that you would try to instill in people? I mean, hiring these guys, and if they're the models that you want to follow, don't you want that applied to every player A through X, uh, A through Z? I mean, it's not necessarily like, all right, I've got all these guys. This team has an identity already. We're gonna wipe it all clean. He's saying it doesn't exist at all. And so, if you're going to start it from scratch. I mean, everything you just said, those there was positive attributes. I don't th- see any a reason why anybody would be upset with those type of things coming into an organization. And the identity has been change the game, and the player that was attached to that was Tim Anderson. And obviously, they make the option to to decline that. I don't know if 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 that's reading too much into it. If Tim couldn't be a part of this uh, next step with the White Sox because you know Chris even spoke highly that you know that's his son's favorite player and uh, that they're open to reunions with both him and Liam Um, I don't know if it was mainly more money focused or if it was more identity focused I think it was more money focused Uh, certainly that's what Chris Getz said Um, I think you are correct in saying that that changed the game mentality that Tim Anderson was the face of was the personality of this team particularly in 2020 uh, or st- you know started in 2019 with the bat flip, particularly in 2020, and carried over into 2021 where they when they were good and won. Um, but we have talked endlessly how in 2022 and 2023 those things weren't there; those things weren't present. That personality, mainly perhaps because of Tim Anderson being hurt as much as he was, was gone. And so I think there's a difference between organizational identity and team personality, and team personality might be a little bit more fleeting, whereas. Chris Getz hopes organizational identity is something that's going to be the pillars on 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 which the future is is built on here. Yeah, and too, I mean, it seems like the the Rangers to use them as an example. I mean, obviously they got two you know MVP candidates in in Simeon and Seager, um, but I mean, even at points, I think Travis Jankowski was their leadoff hitter. Um, and and I think you asked Chris like like, hey, with TA out, like, how are you going to replace the leadoff hitter and shortstop? And he's like, eh, I don't really care. He basically said, "Yeah, we'll figure it out on that on that day." <laughs> right. So, I and mean, I guess if I guess if you are Chris Getz and you have done what you set out to do, and you have a roster full of guys that can do all the things that you want to do, maybe it doesn't matter because hey, you know that anybody that goes up there is going to give you the kind of at bat that you want to see. Anyone should be able to stir the drink or whatever. You should all have professional at bats. Right. It seems like that that is the at least the uh, the get go uh, from here on out. Um, one of the guys that hopefully will be on the team in 2024 is Luis Robert Jr. Um, maybe we shouldn't have taken 30 minutes to get to this point, but 
Luis Robert Jr. has won his first Silver Slugger. Congratulations to Luis Robert Jr. Um, Luis Robert Jr., the first White Sox since Eloy Jimenez. To be Three of them slugger. did it in 2020. Jose okay. Abreu, who obviously won the MVP that year, uh, and then Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez. All three of those guys won Silver Sluggers in the shortened 2020 season. Uh, nobody, though, for the next uh, two years, and then Luis Robert Jr. Uh, wins it in 2023. Brutal. But uh, Luis Robert Jr. I mean, Silver Slugger's pretty good. Like, yeah, oh, you could still be good and not have a Silver Slugger, I guess. It's pretty surprising that there was none on the 2021 team. And again, yeah. it goes, goes to all the injuries that they, they yeah. had. Um, but yeah, Luis Robert Jr. finally reaching this milestone, has a gold glove, has a silver slugger. Vinny, 2024, since Otani's going to the Cubs in the National League, this is your 2024 AL MVP? <laughs> I mean... Probably as good a pick as any, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the year that he had, he has to improve some things to get to probably the tippy-tippy top of that list, but he's right at the top of that list, uh, you know, with only a few guys jockeying or, you know, jockeying ahead of him because they maybe had a more all-around season. But certainly the power numbers that he put up this year were fantastic. The defense was fantastic. Uh, if he can throw more on base into that and, and, and maybe even take advantage of his speed, I don't see why he wouldn't be one one of the top picks going into next year to win that MVP award. No one really discussed through the 2023 season the uh, reason why Shohei Otani was having the year he was having was because of Marcus Tibbs. <laughs> I don't think that did was. He, pit, he taught him some pitching tips too? Uh, I think so. Or yeah. maybe Matt Wise did. <laughs> and that's why they got both Sox of them. have them both. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't guess that's not the strategy because, again, Jerry said uh, unprompted. We're not signing him. Um, but... From 2018 to 2022, Shoyotani Otani had 2,272 career plate appearances. Luis Robert Jr., to remind you, just crossed 1,500. So this is still not a seasoned baseball player. And again, we saw more and more seasoning. And I brought up to you, hey, imagine what Luis Robert Jr.'s season was like if he wasn't horrible in April. But that's kind of just the growing pains that that player was still going through because at that point he had barely over a thousand plate appearances in his MLB career. So I don't think this is going to be Marcus Tim's focus, but I am just so excited to see what the reigning silver slugger is going to do in this next year because this is a player that has made all the adjustments from Cuba to the minor leagues to the major leagues. It feels like he really finally settled in in 2023, and you see what Otani did in 2022. Nothing to scoff at. Um, he was second in MVP and fourth in Cy Young. I don't know if Robert's going to finish there, but you know, an OPS of 144 <laughs> is pretty good. Um, so I, I just think that it's going to be very exciting to see what's next for Robert. I know that's very easy to say, but it does just feel like tip of the iceberg stuff in 2023 for Robert yeah or at least or at least that breakout you know what I mean like I I think there definitely is room for him to grow to grow still um you know listen the guy just hit 38 home runs so why can't he hit 40 you know the the guy just um put up a, a ridiculous slugging percentage why why can't it be about the same but why can't he add some on base to it? We saw him make a dramatic change, as you mentioned, in April to get out of what looked like it was just going to be more of the same thing we saw at the end of last year when he was hurt, just kind of swinging at whatever. Um, that still is a problem for him on not as consistent a basis as it has been in the in a, the past few years, but that was still a problem for him this year, and I think he knows it. I mean, if, if, if he can go in and drill down even more on pitch selection, drill down even more on plate discipline – you're looking at those on-base numbers going up, up, up. Now he's on base more. Now he can take advantage of what is still some fantastic speed, steal some more bases, obviously, 
we've as we've talked about, you know, the White Sox don't want him jamming his thumb into a base at all. But um, there's no reason. I mean, we saw him steal third base with ease several times this year, and there's no reason that he can't do that a lot more. Um, you know, with the opportunities that he could get if his on base percentage is a little higher. So. You go ahead and you look at his numbers. There are areas where you're like, oh, well, that could be better. That could be better. And you know what? They could be better. And he is the kind of talented athlete to be able to work to make that better. You saw work. You saw the results of work last year when he made that change early in the year to become, to go from guy who was waving at things to guy who was hitting 38 home runs. And, uh, that work can come again. It can come in different facets. You saw work pay off on the defensive side this year. So um, he's a guy that's not going to be shy about trying to get better. You throw a few pearls of wisdom in there from Marcus Timms, and who, know, who knows what Luis Robert Jr. can be. Sky's the limit for uh, for 88. And, uh, yeah, again, I, I think that if Chris Getz is saying no untouchables, it is probably very heavily asterisk probably several asterisks, smaller asterisks to the asterisk, um, that it has to be the perfect deal to get rid of uh, that player. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I know obviously the the plate discipline is something that everyone would like to see adjusted, but if he hits 50 home runs, I don't care. Oh, I, don't, listen, I, don't, I, I don't care if his walk rate doesn't change. Listen, I'm not saying that <laughs> he has to do that in order to just be good. I'm just saying if you want him to be the best player in baseball... Right. Those are things that can improve, and I think he has the potential to do it. He has the ability to do it. If he doesn't, he'll still be one of the best players in baseball, and he'll be the best hitter in the White Sox lineup. Absolutely, and uh, we're going to take a break and talk a little bit about Marcus Timms. Uh, he was talking a lot about uh, attacking strikes, and uh, you know, obviously, if it's a strike, it's a good pitch to hit. Um, you right? don't say. If it's in the zone, that's when we should be uh, attacking. Um, we're going to take a break and talk a little bit about why that's good for uh, Luis Robert Jr., uh, because again, you know, if he's late able to lay off the pitches out of the zone what can he do to the ones in the zone uh if you need the perfect bag for game day varsity coolers will have you set game day and beyond with the best portable cooler and weekend or duffel weekend or duffel around they have a unique design their exterior has these lovely team colors and you can go check out uh CHGO Bears, I think they posted a video where Carm was uh, stealing soda pop, uh, Olipop from the tailgate yesterday, which was great. Um, you know, Carm apparently needs to stock his fridge at home, uh, but they're going to be very nice and cool uh, and stylish in the varsity cooler that he put them in. Uh, the bottom of the bag is also lined with the Chicago map. Uh, as well, Ooh, so you get the, the map fun with Chicago. geography, just right. like we were talking about earlier. Our guy Jim you, was like, you, you, you reach, know. you reach in the the uh, the cooler, you grab a beer, and you see a little bit more of the map. <laughs> By the time all the beer is gone. You'll be an expert on where all the streets are. There's back of the arts right there. <laughs> there it uh, is. <laughs> uh, the banner has uh, landmarks, certain landmarks as well. And the lining shows off the uh, lovely food scene of Chicago. It doubles as a cooler. It's waterproof and double insulated uh, and a travel duffel. If it's in a golf cart or as carry on luggage, it's the perfect perfect Christmas gift with that coming up. Uh, 21 teams are represented so you can find the perfect one for the football fan in your life. And it's built to show up in style to a party or repping the town around. Uh, and it's a gym bag too. You go wipe down the inside, and you can wipe down your your lovely map. Oh. Uh, get all your sweat off of it, and there's there's back of the yard still. You can keep your gym shorts cool. Oh wow, there's there's Bannock burn. <laughs> Wow, that's a big map. <laughs> Head over to varsitycoolers.us and use code CHGO at 
checkout for 10% off your order. Again, varsitycoolers.us and use code CHGO at checkout for 10% off your order. It's a big map. I still don't know where Bannockburn is, so I should look North. at the map. I, you guys keep saying that, but like I can't put it on. I can't visually put it on a map. So it's over by Lincolnshire. I still have to. No. Uh, no. All right. Well, anyway, while you're looking up where Bannockburn and Lincolnshire are, uh, folks, you know, look, it's right here. You know the set decorations we've got. The, the Southpaw bobblehead, the Southpaw orange flag Arizona bobblehead. You got the TA 35th uh, Sox red line stop bobblehead. You've seen them over and over again. You know how great they are. You can find them over at FOCO, and you can find so much more. They've got a ton of bobbleheads. You want some hoodies. You want some shoes. You want the Bears overalls. If you want a uh, uh, you know a bobblehead of Andrew Benintendi playing for the Arkansas Razorbacks, Wu Pig yes. Suey, you can do that, too. They've got it all over there. Uh, so go over there. Check it out. You can probably spend a good hour, two hours um, just digging through all the stuff they've got available. Uh, go show them some love. FOCO.com. We've got a link in the description as well. And uh, for all non-presale items, you can use the promo code CHGO and get 10% off. So if there's like a $20 pair of White Sox bathing trunks that you want to uh, get ready for pool season come next summer, $2 off there that go. promo code CHGO. <laughs> Unless it's a presale item, then... I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Vinny's doing the math for you. Right, just go to FOCO. <laughs> go to FOCO. See what they got. and check out all the stuff. Uh, shout out to everyone who is watching. Uh, Jared, who just uh, arrived late. Uh, ho- hopefully you're enjoying your Friday. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, Paul Canerco, great number. Uh, but we should get to the number of uh, future color analyst of the Chicago White Sox network, Gordon Beckham. Oh, yeah. He was 15. He was 15. Um, so, Luis Robert Jr., uh, I've, I've done some uh, deep diving into the Angels numbers uh, to try to figure out uh, how Marcus Timms might help. I mean, this is just very much situational numbers, and it could just be this guy was healthier, and it's less about Marcus Timms. It could be Shohei Otani got more comfortable with Major League pitching, um, right? I mean, if you look at what Otani did swinging on OO counts— his swing value went from 1.4 to 7.3. That sounds that's, good. That's all. That's the Marcus Timms effect. All right, there you um, go. His batting run value with even out on swinging on a OO, just his batting run value, uh, 6.1. His berv. 11.6, his berv. Wow. Um, you know, his, his berv went up. His batting run value in general went from 11 to 19, uh, right? What does all this mean? I don't know. It means Shohei Otani's really good, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the thing is it's tough to really nail down what a hitting coach will propel these guys to do. Well, it's what I was trying to explain earlier. I mean, we had both we had both Pedro Grifol and Chris Getz say the guys at times last year had a they weren't receptive to the coaching it, that it was an issue at times during the season. Um, that might be a little bit on Jose Castro. It might be a little bit on Chris Johnson, or it might be entirely on the hitters just tuning them out and not, and not wanting to, not being willing to to listen to what they had to say. But it is those coaches' jobs to break through. They've got to get those guys to be receptive. They've got to figure out a way to establish a connection, to establish a relationship on an individual level to make sure that they're taking what they can give them. That's Marcus Timms's job right now. He's done it at numerous organizations with with some of the best players in the game. He's done it with guys who were young at, at, at organizations or in, with teams that weren't thriving. So the idea is with all of that experience, hopefully he can bring that to the south side and get 
Aloy Jimenez to 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 that to reach that potential by getting him to listen to some of the things he's saying, getting Andrew Vaughn. And I'm not saying that these guys were the ones who were the problem, but these are the guys who have failed to live up to expectations to this point. Aloy and Andrew Vaughn and and Yoan Moncada. They if 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 Tim says something for them that can get them over the hump, it's not his job just to tell them it, but to get them to hear it. And so I think that that is what he's setting out to do. That's probably what every hitting coach sets out to do, but you have to be able to succeed on that level before you can succeed at turning those numbers that you were talking about into ones that are much better. Right, and then uh, two, going back, this was in the clip we played, but just to reiterate what Tim said, uh, he said the number one thing when it comes to hitting, you got to be able to swing at strikes. And I know that, again, a lot of these guys put in work. When Chris gets in that hour-long press conference talked about Andrew Vaughn, he was like, he puts in all the work, right? It's like, that's a guy that we know that's going to show up and uh, work his butt off. Just the results haven't been there yet. Maybe Andrew Vaughn isn't athletic enough to be a major league baseball player. Maybe that's the unfortunate truth. But I find it interesting. In 2023, there was only two players that had a positive value with pitches that were in the zone. Do you know who they were? Only two hitters? Two hitters. In baseball? No, no, White Sox. With the, oh, with White, White Sox. Sox. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's, that would no, a be lot, impressive. Yeah, no, there are a lot of hitters. Uh, <laughs> none of them play two, for the Well, White I'm Sox. guessing Robert. Robert? Yeah, yeah. and uh, because you prefaced it by talking about Andrew Vaughn, I'll say it was Andrew Vaughn. And Jake Berger. Oh, well. Yeah, uh, Robert, who saw, I guess, uh, over 2,200 pitches with the White Sox, and Berger saw 2,048, which makes no sense. Um, Berger well, saw that a lot must of be season, season wide. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah you know, you're right. <laughs> Socks and fish. Mm, nope. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but at this, th- these numbers are specific, at least to Berger for the White Sox. Uh, Robert's batter run value on pitches in the zone that are strikes, 10.9. Jake Berger, 1.5. Uh, in third place uh, of players who saw at least 500 pitches, uh, Zach Remillard at negative 6.4. Uh, Aloy, negative 7.2. Andrew Vaughn, negative 7.3. And Yohan Mankata, a ghastly negative 17.3. Those are horrible. That's horrible. Those are Thank horrible you. numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is horrible. That's a good. That's yeah. a good recognition by you. Um, <laughs> those are horrendous. Uh, so, th- but the one thing is, when we hear like reading and taking in all the the stuff that the beat puts out, I don't know if this is just because Jake Berger is really easy to talk to, but it seemed like again with the eye pitch machine. Jake Berger had a, 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 a loving relationship with that machine in the White Sox. And there was always stories about him putting work into that machine and trying to become the best hitter. You talked about Luis Robert Jr.'s work through the offseason. And then obviously uh, in after that April struggle to get to the point where he was to win Silver Slugger in 2023. I'm not saying that Aloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn aren't working, but it does seem like there's something Chris Getz is recognizing within the organization that maybe these players just aren't working efficiently enough or, or something where it just, you know, hopefully there is just that right coach, that right push that these players can get. Because, again, we're just kind of baffled that this team lost 100 games. Like the, the the talent was there and just baffled by the fact that this team at any point was at 100 losses because everyone picked them to at least be over 500 besides me. And even then I had them at like, I think, uh, 81 and 83 or whatever. Or 81 and 81. It, well, it was then 80 and 82 or something. Okay. Like I, I had them with 80 wins still, right. but literally like right. bottoming out. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's been the story of, of, of the failure of the last couple seasons has been that the guys who were supposed to show up and, and carry this team to the top of the of the sport haven't shown up and a lot of the time that's been because they've been physically unable to do so but that 
plays into the fact that the production is not there either. And so, um, you know, like I said, shaking a shakeup at hitting coach happens to teams in far better spots than the White Sox are right now all the time with with far more accomplished guys than Marcus Timms, not to say that he isn't. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, you, you one hitting coach hire is not going to change everything, but it might change something for one guy that turns that guy into the guy you thought he was going to be. I mean, you bring up Kevin Long all the time with the Phillies. Right. He's not necessarily, you know, and, and the things that you hear about him, the positive stories you hear about him are related to one or two players, right? I mean, it's a, and I'm, that's not to say that he's not doing a great job with all of them, but it, getting one guy to click suddenly makes you – the, the best hitting coach right. in baseball, right? And it's like, you don't need to necessarily... It, Kevin Long could have shown up to the Phillies and probably kicked back and relaxed, and the Phillies were going to hit a bunch of home runs. But he did something great in Washington with Kyle Schwarber. He did something great in Philly with Trey Turner, and it, and it, and it paid off these huge dividends. Now this team's been to the, AL, or the NLCS two years in a row. Again, Bryce Harper probably doesn't need a lot of hitting coaching, but getting one or two key parts of that lineup to to make the change that turns them into something special or something even more special than they already are can have an effect on an entire team make that team that much better and all of a sudden you've got your money's worth in hiring your hiring the hitting coach that you did right and the Yankees let Kevin Long go after seven years and he won a world series with them and that was his first job like I mean did he not do a good job or was it just the message kind of worth in and they needed a new voice I mean we heard that with Miguel Cairo when uh Tony was sick um that it was just that that different voice that kind of sparked them right. to go 80 and, and one in 81 and Tim's might be the voice not necessarily that the team in all caps needs to hear but it might be the voice that Aloy needs to hear or it might be the voice that Andrew Vaughn needs to hear so it's interesting that you say that so who swings the most at pitches in the zone at, for the White Sox for, for who swings strikes, the most at, at strikes people who are still on the team or yes, just last yeah, yeah, year yeah who swings? Well, it's it's both. It's I mean, both. Yeah. Who swings the most at strikes? Yeah. I will say Aloy Jimenez. It's a very uh, Luis Robert. Jr. Luis Robert. I yeah. Should have just said that. Luis Robert Jr. swings at strikes thirty seven percent of the time, thirty six point nine percent of the time. If we want to be uh, fair, uh, his batter run value twenty one. His burv. His burv. Yeah. Uh, in in second place, both at thirty five point nine percent and thirty five point eight percent, Andrew Benatendi and Tim Anderson. Benintendi, negative 13. Oh, well, I would have guessed TA. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well <laughs> I'm trying to get more to the Moncada <laughs> point. Uh, Benintendi and Tim Anderson, 35.9, 35.8. Uh, Benintendi, negative 13.1 bat- burv. Uh, Tim Anderson, negative 25 burv. Lower down on this list, basically 3% less. Moncada at 32.4%. Uh, I brought up his ghastly numbers at strikes only at like negative 17. His burr's only negative 2.7 when swinging at strikes. So maybe, hey, swing at strikes more. Yeah. Uh, Aloy Jimenez just below him, 31.5%. His batter run value, 5.6%. Hey, Aloy, swing at strikes more. Andrew Vaughn, the worst on the team, 30.9%. And he has a batter run value, a burv, of 9.7%. So, Andrew Vaughn, be more aggressive, swing at strikes, and you'll probably be at least above average at the first base position. So, I mean, there are at least inklings that if there's just some confidence maybe put into these guys and they get a little bit more aggressive, but the right type of aggressive, there could be the change. It's all hope. We're all six months away, and, you know, this is all just coach talk, but it's fun.
Well, again, I, I think I think folks are gonna folks on the outside are gonna look at a new hitting coach coming in, and they're gonna say, "Well, what does he want them to do? How is he gonna turn this whole lineup?" You know, the, the White Sox didn't walk; they didn't hit for power. Is he gonna come in and fix all of those issues because of some edict that he puts down? And basically, what he said is, "We're gonna find out what guys do well and make sure they do it even better." Mm-hmm. And you know that the, those are the guys that you have on your roster. You know, you you were talking earlier about, hey, it's okay if Luis Robert Jr. doesn't walk more because he's going to hit a bunch of home runs and that'll be great. If that's what the the key to success for him is, or or his or the next guy, or the next guy, or the next guy, then there you go. If 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 all the, if Tim's figures out a way to have Aloy Jimenez hit sixty home runs or sixty, that's a lot. Yeah, that's hit a lot. forty or fifty, uh, you know, like we we all one day thought that was possible. Does it matter what some of the other numbers are? I mean, because you're, you're unlocking you're unlocking the thing that they were supposed to do and do well that was going to make them the key part of this lineup. If that's what Tim's can do, and again, we've been talking for 45 minutes about how much of a challenge that might be, but if that's what he can do, all of a sudden this team looks a lot different than it did last year. 50 homers, I'll take 25. <laughs> I mean, mercy. I started at 60. I had, to, I had 60. to bring that down. Anyway, just go to 74. That's the number. Uh, to, to wrap this up, well, well, we got a diehard merch. I've got a diehard you. thing. You want me to yeah. do that now or later? Uh, we'll, we'll work it in. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can do it now. Um, the, the, yeah. If you're watching cool. right now, it's Friday. You know that five days a week, Monday through Friday, and sometimes in the season, different days, we talk about the White Sox. You know that all five days. You can find us here. Also, you probably know CHGO. You can do it. Uh, uh, you can hear about the Blackhawks, the Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs five days a week. You can hear it on the audio on the podcast as well. But there's another level that you can jump to, and that's becoming a CHGO diehard. You'll get access to the great written content, premium written content that we've got on our website. We got Will Gottlieb writing about the Bulls. We got, uh, you know, Jay and all the guys writing about the Blackhawks. So, you got to go. You don't want to go team by team. You don't want to name every single writer for each team. Well, we're talking about what season it is. Oh, okay. To me, football season it, uh, never really started in Chicago. It was over after that one game. <laughs> but uh, so we're focusing on those Bulls and the Blackhawks because they're still playing. But uh, yeah, there's all sorts of great stuff. As Sarah's showing you right now, you can get a hat. <laughs> and so Whoa. when you're a diehard, you get discounted merchandise. <laughs> Obviously, when you join and you sign up, we'll send you a free T-shirt. But then you get discounts on future to shirts as well. You can get discounts on those hats. Get all four of them, you know, because you're getting Herb a discount. Did. Herb got all four. Herb got all four. Oh. So is it like he's got a Monday hat, a Tuesday hat, a Wednesday hat, a Thursday hat, and then Friday's like a wild card? I guess. I wonder which one he wore to the colonoscopy today. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have wore the, the, the snapback one because he wore that yesterday. Probably wore the trucker one. Okay. The trucker, sure. Or maybe a dad hat. The dad hat's very cold. I mean, you're getting a colonoscopy. That's very dad comfortable. Thing. It's comfortable. That is a dad thing to do, get a colonoscopy. But uh, but yeah, so listen, you get all that stuff, and you get discounted uh, uh, tickets to our events. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to the uh, – the, 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 ta- the tailgates are over because, like I said, football season ended like back in late August. But uh, the – the Bears and the or the Bulls and the Blackhawks, they'll be doing takeovers, they'll be doing watch parties, all that sorts of good stuff uh, coming up throughout the winter. So you can get discounted, uh, you know, tickets to that. It's going to be a very, uh, very exciting time if you're part of the Die Hard uh, program. You can also access that lounge, the CHGO lounge, yes. our, our members only Discord out there. Talk to all of us about the White Sox all the time and whatever other teams in here in town that you so choose. So, Go ahead, get yourself one of these boxes. Go on over to allchgo.com, check out that diehard program, and 
Join join our community today. And that community in, uh, includes our guy Herb Lawrence, who wore the third one. The us, third one. The, you have to throw the graphic corner. back up there, Sarah. Yeah, that's what I said. I think that's the trucker. Is one. that the trucker? No, that's it, just the f- the flat bill. Yeah, that's the one he wore yesterday. All right, yeah, all right. Um, that's gonna do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, uh, Corey Corey Seager being insane. Uh, there was a piece put out by Robert Orr at Baseball Perspective. Bobby Orr? Bo- Bobby Orr. Not <laughs> not that one. Not the His at is not the Bobby Orr. Oh, there you go. Uh, but Robert Orr. And uh, it was the... He tried to figure out, like, just who's the best at uh, uh, just attacking strikes, right? So basically the Marcus Tims, like, how do you become you know, the, the, the best hitter? You're not going to let a strike go past you. Corey Seager, hittable t- pitch is taken. The leader in Major League Baseball, 21.5%. In second place, Freddie Fermin at 24.9%. In third place, Bryce Harper, 26.3%. And then where the numbers kind of start to level out is around the 27 level, Rafael Devers, Sal Perez, J.D. Davis. So basically, Corey Seager is 3% better than second place. And then when the numbers start to average out, it's about a 6% difference. So he is just a mutant. Um, and then I also wanted to bring this up because Nick Madrigal is the worst at taking. Uh, he takes the most hittable pitches. In baseball. In baseball. Huh. So uh, Number one Nick Madrigal hater. Number one Nick Madrigal hater. If you saw always. the Cubs show yesterday, you'll understand. Yeah. Go watch it. Go watch. You the, made an appearance, a surprise appearance. So Cody was talking to Ryan and Ryan was like, Apparently, just waiting for Jed to show up and start talking. That didn't happen. Yeah, because of the because of the the GI blues that were. Yeah, happening and then over Luke there. was at home. He w- he had family stuff going on, and so it would just it just would have been coded. Oh, I so, see. You yeah. were you were called in. You were called in from the pen. But I was on standby for fifty minutes. So okay. Cody texted me two minutes before the show, saying, "Hey, are you around? We're about to start the show, and Ryan might have to leave." So okay. then I sat in the waiting room for 50 minutes and then Cody was not going to bring me in. And then he brought up the Jason Benetti stuff. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm not going to be in the waiting room and you're not going to start You just talking. burst onto the scene? Well, I, Sarah, like you were on, Sarah like you were on Maury? Nobody yeah. <laughs> asked me to be on the Cubs show. Nobody even thought That's rude. of me. Wow. That's rude. Yeah. Now that was a good decision, but. <laughs> you could talk Cubs. Yeah, but it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like a credible source for people to actually like take their information from it would just be a very very opinionated opinionated like cubs fan talking that you're describing cody yeah you're describing <laughs> cody you're describing herb you're describing me uh, i think you're fine <laughs> that's sarah our producer that's Vinny duber uh you can follow him at chgo white Sox, or you can follow him at Vinny duber he's our chgo white Sox beat writer and you can read his latest pieces up at allchgo.com i'm sean anderson you can follow me at sean underscore w underscore anderson uh herb lawrence will be joining us next week and thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat make sure you hit the thumbs up button we'll talk to you on monday goodbye we all silly like the mayor. 